Hello there, Living Force podcast listeners. Santa here, and when I'm out delivering toys to all the good little Padawans, I enjoy listening to my free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And you can get a free book from Audible, too. Just go to utini.com slash audible and click free trial. Then you can take your pick from all the Star Wars selections Audible has to offer. And if you're on the nice list, you might find a shiny new lightsaber under the tree this year. Except for you, Randy. Not after what happened last year. <laughs> Christmas. Hey, I'm Alex Segura, author of Poe Dameron Freefall, and you are listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. A Utini production. Episode 87, The High Republic Preview, Part 1. On this episode, looking over the art of the Mandalorian. Plus, there's a new Utini podcast that takes a deep dive into the Star Wars universe. And the Utini crew takes a peek at the High Republic novel, Light of the Jedi. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Wes Jenkins. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Living Force. We are so happy to have you here tonight. Or if you're listening, we're happy to be with you this morning, this afternoon, this evening. I don't know, do your homework, drink some water, go to bed. But before you do, I'm Eric Eilerson, one of your hosts, and joining me tonight to talk some Light of the Jedi goodness is Dr. Corey Helton. Hey, dude. What is happening, guys? My dog is uh, right on cue. crazy right as I get the intro. <laughs> right on cue, yeah. Oh, good to see you, dude. You just got, uh, you got recovered from a 24-hour shift recently. Oh, yes. I've been on uh, ICU rotation for a month, and I uh, had a really more like a 20 eight hour shift yesterday um pretty pretty painful my last one for icu thank god but it was uh it was rough we had some really really sick patients last night so i slept like an hour well <laughs> so i came I, home and crashed hard we're happy to have you here at your very best uh glad you got through it dude and hopefully this will be slightly more relaxing but joining us to make it that much sweeter that much more comfortable sensual even west jenkins what's going on everyone sweet comfortable <laughs> sensational there that's it is I, that's what i'm here for uh wes <laughs> i realized something today watching the intro that the intro to this show goes with the doctors dr Corey, dr charles and it says with eric eilerson and wes jenkins so we're basically like the with samuel L. jackson as nick fury like, <laughs> like that's like where you keep your like old veteran stars so Corey and Charles are the new hotness, and me and Wes are uh, Nick Fury and, like, Michael Douglas and Ant-Man or something. Yeah, if that works. That That's works. fine. I'll take it. Well, good. <laughs> All I want to do is make you happy, but I also want to make people happy in the chat. I want to say a quick hello. Let's see. We got Meg is with us. Cheryl is with us. Charles is with us, even though he's on call. He's tuning into the show. We miss you, buddy. Uh, Heather's there. John is there. Uh, Warning 90. Hey, everybody. We're so happy you're here. Uh, as the show goes on, as always, keep the conversation going. Spice Den is here. Ooh, who just said I am the Martin Sheen as President Bartlett? So you get 18 gold stars uh, for making my heart really happy. 
Uh, everyone, we have a great show for you tonight. But before we get into anything of substance, uh, y'all, we have a very important birthday today. Did you know about this? Today is the birthday of our Jedi High Council founder, Patrick Ortiz. Wow, oh, I did not Happy that. birthday. Wow. Happy yeah, birthday. Man. That's what I got. Happy birthday. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you had another good trip around the galaxy. We're so happy to... To have you as part of this community, and I hope you just had a wonderful day. Patrick has been an OG Utini supporter, um, and he's just been basically around through every part of whatever we do here. So, uh, thank you, man. Wanted to wish you a happy birthday, sincerely, from all of us, and I hope the rest of your week is equally as wonderful. Um, next up, we have a little announcement that we want to make. Coming up in December, we have an event that we've been planning for quite a while, mainly because of the gloriousness of Mr. Andrew Bell, who is one of our favorite team members, I gotta say, don't tell the other 29 team members. But we have something coming up called the Utinis, and the Utinis are basically an award show that um, Andrew and a bunch of us kind of came up with and decided that we need a way to formally celebrate everything that's gone on in Star Wars literature this year. Uh, it's been a hard 2020. It's been kind of a weird year for everybody, right? So why not have a day where we can actively celebrate and have a lot of fun um, with everything? So we have made up a bunch of categories. Uh, we made up some nominations, including best novel of the year, uh, best quote of the year, all kinds of things like that. And the Utinis, the best part about this is you, the Living Force community, the Utini community, get to vote uh, on the winners. Our staff voted for some of their favorites, but now voting is officially open. Um, if you're a part of the Utini Facebook group, Heather put up a link there. In the announcements channel on Discord, there is a link there to a Google Sheet where you can just kind of scroll down. You can sign in with a Google account and vote for your favorites. Voting will end originally tomorrow, which would be the 24th. But right before this show, we didn't tell Andrew, but we all decided that was too soon because we want to hear what you'd see. We, we want to hear what you think, actually, and see what you see, know what you know, feel what you feel. We want to know who, what, who you want to win the Utinis. So if you're listening to this, head over to either Discord, to Facebook, anything like that. Get your vote on. Make your voice heard once more in 2020. And, uh, Corey, we have a little bit of a special show planned for our Utinis, do we not? Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a lot of fun. So, <clears throat> Andrew uh, kicked off this uh, this announcement for Utinis. That's what you mean, right, Eric? You want me to talk about the Utinis mm -hmm. show? Yeah, yeah what so, the actual and, episode is gonna look like? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Andrew came up with this brilliant idea. What, like a year ago? Yeah, year? it's been it in the, a long. It's time been a ago. year. <laughs> Yeah, it was like around the Christmas party, I think, last year. And he was like, hey, I have this cool idea. We should do it. And basically, we're going to have like a like an award show, like a Grammys, Emmy-style award show for basically all the Star Wars content that came out this year, all the books and comics and stuff. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to host it live on, on the show for our regular podcast event on Monday, December 21st. Um, we're going to like all dress up in suits. Uh, the theme will be a little different. I'm probably going to get some like audience tracks and stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, like we're really going to try to put on a, a for real award show. I would love to find one of those a little, Eric, we talked about this this week. One of those little, uh, mic box things that you put on a microphone. Yeah. With the logo. <laughs> yeah. Somebody should tell me what that's called and, and send me a link. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we can have a little Utini mic and, uh, 
That'll be funny. I imagine there will be some speeches. We'll probably, we might get some more folks on the team to come in. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so we're still putting together the details for that. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be on December 21st. And like Eric said, uh, we originally had the voting ending tomorrow, I believe. But yep. we're going to push that out to the end of the week because we've had some uh, delay with getting that information out to you guys. So Yep. So get in there. Vote for your favorites. Uh, and, yeah, we'll have some fun bits December 21st will be live, and if you're not normally a YouTube watcher, that's fine, but this may be one of them you might want to tune in to see the visuals. Speaking of visuals, uh, Corey, can you please continue my favorite tradition we have on this show? Yes, that is the patron of the week. Every single week we like to highlight one of our uh, really awesome VIP members of our community on Patreon. It's uh, If you haven't seen this already, our Patreon's got a ton of extra content with behind-the-scenes looks. Um, exclusive merch. So if you haven't seen that already, head over to utini.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash utini and learn more all about that. So uh, we have some more announcements about a new show coming up, which I'm excited on Patreon. Um, and uh, we launched our eighth podcast this week, guys. That's crazy. It's wild. Uh, eight shows. Eight, eight podcasts. So I can't wait to tell you guys the details about that special eighth podcast, which is incredible, absolutely incredible. Going to be on Patreon for a little while, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But this week, our patron of the week, excuse me, our patron of the week is Adrian. So Wes, you want to throw that up? Hello, Utini community. My name is Adrian Carlson, and I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, many of you may not know me because I'm not very active in the Discord community, but I am one of the OG Patreons. I found the Patreon page. I was one of the sneaky few that found it before it was even public, and I have donated since the beginning, and have donated ever since. I discovered Utini through the Living Force podcast. I started with episode four shortly after Celebration Chicago, and I loved that episode so much that later that night I went and listened to all the other previous episodes. What I love about Utini is that um, it was the while I listened to a lot of other Star Wars podcasts. It was the first podcast that was really discussing the EU and all the books and the comics as they came out. Um, and this is where my heart lies. Since I was a little kid, I have always read with the e- read the EU, and since about 2010, I've read every single book and comic that has come out since. My favorite Star Wars film has to be A New Hope. That's the movie that started it all. It's my favorite. It is the one first movie I saw. I saw it back on VHS before even the special editions came out. And I'm a sucker for starship battles, so the trench run at the end, just fantastic. My question for you guys, now you'll have to get in touch with your sensitive side a little bit, is what Star Wars moment always makes you cry? For me, it's Darth Vader's death at the end of Return of the Jedi. When the Imperial Death March plays in that minor key and just the piano hits at the end it gets me every time just tugs at the heartstrings and every time i try to be strong but every if you look at me every time when watching that movie there'll be a single tear running down my face well that's all i have for you guys as always thanks for everything and may the force be with you fantastic oh man (laughs) lovely and yeah adrian thank you dude that was that was awesome, and yeah, like you said, an OG Utini member. Uh, it's so great to hear from you, and he got the rocking the the original Utini logo, uh, which is epic. Uh, as 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 Charles put there in the chat. Uh, so, but on your question, what moment makes us cry? I I have one cop out, and then I have one that's slightly more real. Uh, the 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 cop out one I'm gonna put is honestly the final trailer for Episode Nine. That is that. 
to this day, if I put it on, it makes me actually tear up when the music swells after 3PO says, taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Um, and then it's just all of them just charging in, in glory and excitement. And that it, 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 it makes me emotional talking about it and thinking about it. Um, and then in the films, though, I got to say it's, it's episode eight with Luke and Yoda, the we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. And them just looking at the tree is is one of the most beautiful moments, and it really just kind of hits me in my sensitive place. So, uh, all right, I was vulnerable. What about you, losers? What do you think? <laughs> where, where exactly is your sensitive place? Is that like around the left nipple? I mean, where exactly is that? <laughs> That's my secret, Corey. Jeez, my entire body, my entire body is a sensitive place. <laughs> Oh man, I, I, there is only there's only one scene in all of Star Wars that absolutely gets me every single time, and it gets me like pretty hard. Like the first time I saw it, I like ugly cried, and that was in uh, that was in Rogue One in the scene where um, Jin's father like is speaking the message to her. Like, oh where he's, yeah, where he's like he's like my entire life has been a waste. Like every moment, the only thing that's kept me going is like knowing that you were out there somewhere, wondering if you were alive. Oh my god, oh. that that model it keeps flashing back to Felicity Jeez. Jones, and she's like getting really really emotional, and then she just hits the floor at the end. I cry every single time watching that's... that scene because it hits oh. so freaking hard. I absolutely love that. That's a beautiful one. And I also tack on the the uh, your father would have been proud of you, Jin, at the end of it with her and Cassian. Oh, yes. the, but I think oh, man, it works good. because of that. Because like those two moments together. Um, all right, Wes, bring us home. What what else? <laughs> Mine is probably when Jabba the Hutt bites the head off of that poor. <laughs> it's absolutely it spits terrible. It. It spits it at the at the <laughs> gong. The gong. Like, he, he had gong. so much to live for. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, but really, um, it's not so much a, a scene as it is every time the original Star Wars theme plays, especially in. Um, Especially in A New Hope when he looks out over the twin suns going down. Oh, binary just sunsets. That perfect, yeah, that perfect mm. theme that plays. It just, you just feel it up into your throat a little bit, and, you, and then you push it back down because you don't want people to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many, so many freaking beautiful moments in all of this. Um, let's see. Looking in the chat here, we got a couple here. Um, what do we got? Oh, Charles says, uh, Han saying, hey, kid. In Rise of Skywalker, great choice. That's pretty um, good. Cheryl agrees. That's an ugly cry moment. Oh, Charles is also another great one. The "You Are My Brother" Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. Gotta be hits Just super for, hard, especially for him. Yup, yup. Uh, John Dutch Vander, Episode One, when Anakin walks away from his mom, when and just with the the scared boy walking away. That's great. Uh, Charles again. Oh God, Rogue One, y'all. Bay is walking into the firefight after we lose Jarrett. Oh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> oh, and then uh, let's – God, these are just going to keep hitting me. Meg has one. Ray igniting the Skywalker lightsaber at the end of Force Awakens. That's that's freaking powerful. Chewie, we're home from Heather. Yeah, every, just everyone's feeling these right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, lots of emotional <laughs> moments. Adrian, thank you for putting us on this emotional journey. Um. And thank you to all of you in the chat for making me feel a lot of things. And I'm going to try to take that emotion and throw it into our new segment that we are now doing for the third week. This week. Nope. Nope. 
That's the actual one. The Star Wars Weekly Roundup. That's right. Um, this week, we got a couple cool things for you. Just like the last two weeks, I'm going to start this off with the book review. This week, I'll be looking at The Art of the Mandalorian. This is a book from Abrams uh, that is coming out December 1st. Like, essentially, all of these Star Wars art books before it is written by Phil Sostak with a foreword by Doug Chang. And I'm going to talk to you guys uh, for a little bit if you've read the art books and if you haven't. If you've read the art books before, you already know what they're bringing to the table with Phil. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's a lot of concept art, and you are not going to be disappointed. One thing that I really loved about this book, and I'm going to try to maneuver it around the microphone here, is just how much art is in this. Because, y'all, this is the entire first season of The Mandalorian in an art book. This is a chapter for every single episode. So as opposed to just one film, right? You're getting an entire season of content and concept drawings and descriptions. Like, look at this beautiful stuff right here. This is one of my favorite pages. I'm going to get it on the, on the camera nicely. This was an original concept when Boba Fett, right there, was still a part of it. When, he, when they were thinking he might be the lead. And Phil and the rest of them, uh, Dave Filoni obviously has a bunch of quotes in here, and John Favreau, they go back to the beginning of the show in its conceptual stages when it was thought to be like an underground Coruscant show with bounty hunters on the side, and then it became more Mando-focused, and then was Boba going to be the protagonist? And they really, they take you through all the steps of the show's creation that we all have heard rumors about, right? We all have heard like, oh, I heard it was this, and then we watch Star Wars Gallery, and we're like, okay, I get a little more... This takes you step-by-step through the process of making the show, and it has more art than any of these books I've ever seen before. Because, you know, we got all those really cool concepts at the end of each episode that everyone wigged out over. This is that, but in an entire freaking book. It has more um, costumes than I've seen before in any other one of these. Like, every single character went through such an exhaustive design process. And you get your awesome character models of people like Grief Karga, of people like the client. There's a whole thing about designing the child. Um, all the Mando armor, different kind of combinations. All the stormtroopers. Like, <laughs> the, just the pure volume of things you're getting in this book is really astounding. And I love it because it's a combination of Filoni acting as producer, creator, and writer, Favreau acting as writer and producer, Doug Chang being like, yeah, I worked on The Phantom Menace and all these things, and this time we had about half the budget, about a third of the time, and needed to fill like three times as much content space. So it really just kind of puts in perspective what a freaking feat The Mandalorian is. You know, if that makes sense? Like, I feel like we forget sometimes just how incredible it is that this show even exists. And I want to show you guys also one more page, if nothing else. If nothing else. Look at this. I mean, come on. It's a giant spread of the child in all its beauty and all its glory. Um, this, I mean, seriously, I, 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 could, I could go on and on and on and on about everything this book has. But if you loved the concept drawings at the end of the Mandalorian episodes... If you love the stories behind the scenes of how things were created, if you want to see the stages of design and hear from all different art departments about what went into making them, how the timetables worked, what it was like working on this type of level for the first time ever in history, you got to pick this up um, without question. I mean, you're going to get more gorgeous visuals than you could ever, ever think about. And this is from Abrams Books, uh, who I will say thank you. They did send this to me, full disclosure. It's coming out in December. Um, holiday season, I, 
I mean, is there a better thing to do than get the people you love Star Wars books? Or better yet, pretend that's what you're doing and keep it for yourself. So, um, The Art of the Mandalorian, uh, technically season one, is going to be out coming in this December. It is a must-have for any any fan of the show. And even if you maybe have been a little lukewarm on some of the previous art books, you you cannot beat the amount of concept design you're getting with this volume. So highly, highly, highly recommend. It's it's probably my favorite one out of the ones I've seen so far from Solo, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and this. Um, they've really done themselves. And uh, yeah, Art of the Mandalorian, get on it. All right, what do you think, guys? Did I pitch you? Are you going to get it? Do you want it now? It looks super thick. Look at the size oh, of that thing. It's a thick-ass <laughs> boy! Ah, there it is. It is uh. thick. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a gem. So pick it up. Uh, com. We got a link for it. Um, all your Star Wars reference book needs. Additionally, on the Star Wars Weekly Roundup, y'all, we mentioned it last week, but... A couple of us watched the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, and I just wanted to give a couple minutes to it. Corey, I know you watched it. What did you think of this new entry into the Star Wars canon? Not really? Hmm. Maybe? Corey, do we have you? Oh, no. I, think it's, I was muted. Sorry. Oh, there um, we go. Yeah, sorry. Um, very uh, very confusing if this is, like, what exactly role this has in canon. Um, because, you know, they did say previously that everything that happened going forward is canon, and technically this happened, and is it canon? Did Ray go into the <laughs> – uh, actually, how much do we want to spoil about this? Has everybody watched the holiday special? Uh, it's not been very long. I'll, I'll say Wes, we can... you know you haven't yet. I haven't, but y'all don't care what y'all minor, do to me, right? Minor spoilers yeah, ahead. Yeah, mi- minor spoilers <laughs> ahead. Um, does Ray go into the world between worlds? It certainly kind of seems like it. It's, it's, like, I, I think at the end of the day, if, if you're looking at a Lego holiday special of Star Wars and being like, hmm, this may not mesh up with the canon timeline, then... Maybe have a glass of eggnog and breathe for a second because yeah, this that's right. is, it's it's a time travel story essentially. This was in the trailer for it, so I think we can spoil that. There's yes, a there's a true. time travel element where Ray gets to essentially go through and meet Jedi and sit in characters from all over the galaxy, from all the different eras. There's some hilarious Kylo Ren stuff, and I honestly, guys, I was surprised at how meta they went with it. It was really good. Like they they openly make made fun of the old. Uh, the holiday special a lot mm-hmm. like they made fun of a lot of the uh, like really goofy scenes in the films um young luke was hilarious <laughs> I, I, loved I loved it luke. i thought it was a lot of fun like yeah. it was really fun i teared up during one scene i can't remember what it was but there was a scene it made me tear up it's a freaking kids lego show yeah I exactly what it was but it was uh it was really neat kind of seeing it all come together yeah i mean have fun with it um if you, if you haven't watched it yet highly recommend it, it it's 40 minutes It'll make you happy. Get the ones you love together in your house and just throw it on. I, I honestly, I think it might be a fun annual tradition of like just watching the fun yeah. holiday special <clears throat> instead of wanting to gouge your eyes out at the old holiday special. Um, How dare you? <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, next week, Wes is going to defend the holiday special and its merits. Oh, let me, let me. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jefferson Starship fan here. <laughs> the only problem. It's with so the, bad. The it's only problem so with bad. the like with the Lego holiday special, guys. I'll admit, is that there were not enough um, sex VRs. 
um, compared to the old <laughs> one. So really ahead of their yes, time with no, that one. Uh, no dancing new Twi'leks in this one, unfortunately. Spoilers Jeez. there. Um, and let, let's finish up this weekly roundup with another cool announcement that we got. Uh, not book-related, but very related to what's been going on in Utini lately. If you're a fan of Utini Game Night, you've been seeing a bunch of us. Uh, me and Andrew last week playing some Star Wars Squadrons. And when Star Wars Squadrons came out, they're like, oh, yeah, complete game, no DLC. It's, it's, we're not doing anything like that. And then this week they said... Oh no, no! We're gonna add a B wing and a tie and a uh, tie defender. So, um, oh my God, we're getting B wings. Yes, that's incredible. I- I'm surprised. The game was only what forty bucks, brand new. So, yeah. well, actually, it's on sale right now through Black Friday for like seventeen dollars on console. No wow. kidding. Go it get it. Seventeen bucks. Um, guys, flying a B wing is gonna be nuts. Yeah, like, that's, that's be gyroscopic twisting. Um, yeah. And the balancing is cool. And, and I got to say, one of the neat things about this announcement was that the developers were like, yeah, we weren't going to do this. And then we saw the love for the game and how much people really had fun with it. And we listened to what they wanted. We listened to their comments. And we decided we could make this. And let this be a lesson to us, Star Wars community, okay? <laughs> like, if we <laughs> love a thing and we are kind human beings, sometimes we get good things. So That's right. I just thought that was really cool that they were very they were very blunt about that. Like, no, we were done. And then people yeah. were nice. Maybe we get more DLC content after. Maybe we get like High Republic ships pl- placed after this whole um oh. this whole thing comes out next year. Speaking of so. my sensitive areas areas there, Wes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, that'd be amazing. But but yeah. shout out to the devs. Uh for that that's a lot of work. Uh, and Absolutely. it's going to be free. It's coming November, December. Um, that's so cool. And, again, if you guys want to play Squadrons with us, check out those Eugenie Game Nights. Uh, jump into the Star Wars Gaming Chat uh, Discord channel. People are throwing up their EA IDs and party invites and all that good stuff. And that, my friends, is this week's Star Wars Weekly Roundup. Transition! <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. Uh, and, of course, if you're looking to <laughs> to buy some books and help out this show, uh, head over to utini.com, our beautiful new releases page, kept up to date by Frank. We love you, buddy. Uh, the High Republic novels, which we're about to talk about, are less than a month and a half away, y'all. Light of the Jedi, January 5th. A Test of Courage, January 5th. Into the Dark, February 2nd. And the Star Wars Insider Fiction Collection, Volume 1, March 23rd. And, of course, The Art of the Mandalorian coming in early December. I believe December 2nd. I should have put that in the outline. Um, all good stuff. All good things coming up. And, of course, if you want your Utini merch, utini.com slash merch. Use promo code POV15 through November 30th for 15% off. That's POV15. All right, everybody. Last week, we brought up the fact that Del Rey was going to publish. Pre- I said preview and publish. My mouth didn't know what word to say. So I just went. <laughs> publish. Publish. I mean, that's, that's, how, that's, how they, that's how they announced it, basically. So yeah, works. we're going to publish it. Uh, the first eight full chapters of Light of the Jedi, the first novel of the High Republic by Charles Soule. And they're all out now. Um, before we get into them, we're going to go chapter by chapter and just talk. Guys, what does it mean to you fundamentally that Del Rey 
was confident enough to publish for free the first eight chapters of a book that is launching their biggest publishing initiative in a decade. Ever. Yeah. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Yeah. What did that say? Uh, I mean, certainly ballsy. Um, <laughs> certainly yeah. ballsy. Like, part of me wonders if it was maybe a little bit about um, because of the publishing schedule, like, and how it got kind of shifted around because of COVID. And, mm-hmm. like, this book is probably totally ready and has been ready for a while. Because um, originally, were they always set to come out in January? No, no. I it was, it was going to be either – I think it was at August. It was, like, at Celebration. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's probably when it would have been released. They probably would have given it away at Celebration. Um yeah, so I mean, I guess they were just super confident about it. Uh, They're willing to to give us some chapters to kind of build some publicity around it. And a good move too. I mean, these are really, really good chapters. Like, started off really, really strong. Light of the Jedi so far is is really fantastic. Yeah, Wes, what did you think when you first heard? All right, you're getting the first X percentage of this book for free. Read it. I think that they may have thought we were forgetting about these books that were coming out. Oh, great point. They kept pushing it out and pushing it out and like, let's give them a taste. And for me, I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. so we, and I'll, uh, so we did the, we're doing the first four chapters and like, as you had previewed last week, you said it was just a time of, of peace. And I was like, what are, what are we going <laughs> to talk? Like, all right, I guess, <laughs> I guess it sounds interesting to read time of peace, Blah. But <laughs> hot damn, hot damn! These four first chapters, yes! I mean, shit, really, really I good. loved it. Yeah, and <laughs> one and one like small detail I want to kind of shout out Del Rey for is so the 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 site that these are hosted on, mm-hmm. like the the Del Rey version of the site is is the Penguin Random House website. It's sites.prh.com slash High Republic. Um, it's a free access. I mean, it's the Penguin Random House website, and. It's clean. The way, the yes. interface is super super clean. Like it 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 really lends itself extremely well to a phone or an mm-hmm. iPad or a device you're reading on. I read this on my on my Kindle earlier. Yeah. Or my Kindle Fire earlier that I bought for Marvel Unlimited. By the way, there Star Wars go. comics on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> and um, it's just there's nothing on there. It's like a it's the cover underneath it. It says add to cart, and then there's text, and it's just all eight chapters that they release. So, like I really appreciate the simplicity and uh like they very well could have uploaded this on some really crappy database website yeah <laughs> or like the medium or something dumb like that so I'm, I'm glad that uh it was so easy to read so you gotta check it out if you haven't already yeah the accessibility is super key about this because we, we did get the first chapter like a couple months ago they released the whole first chapter through ign and then the second chapter i think was released on io9 or something like that all ad-driven yeah. sites, right? Which when you're getting money yeah. for this, and and I think you're you're totally right, Corey. It was really cool of them to put it on their site where there's no ads. Like they're not getting ad revenue yeah. from these clicks. They're like, no, this is legit for free. Right. Like we want, and, and, you and to I don't read really this. want any. I don't want any commentary either, right? I just want to yeah. read the chapters. Like like there's, there's whenever they put them on these sites, they're like blah 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 blah. This is the new thing. It's coming out. Blah, blah blah. It's just like all hyped, and it's like it's fake hype to me because sites like IGN and IO9 they don't give a shit about Star Wars. Like yeah. Now, you know so, who does know, just... give a shit about Star Wars is Meg Dowell, who does our write-ups about the excerpts when they come out, so <laughs> definitely read those. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, and you, and it's just not, there's not a lot of filler tech, so yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to echo what you guys have been saying it a little bit here. Uh, I was really blown away by them putting these four out. I think you're both right. I think that they were confident what they had. And Wes, I think you are right, too, that they thought they were getting forgotten about because – 
originally the High Republic was going to come out before the Mandalorian season two, so you wouldn't have to contest with that hype. And now, like, they're coming right after the season, but Mandalorian commands such a large audience. I think they're like, hey, let's let's make sure people remember, you know, these books are going to come out in January. And I'm going to echo you all as well by saying, oh, my gosh, these were cool. Um, Charles Soule is one of those writers that we have lauded with his comics work in Darth Vader and the new Star Wars series. Um, I know he's written prose before, but I have not read his uh, original novels to this point, which, oh, my God, that's going to change. Because, you know, let, let, let's dive in. Let's dive into these. We, we've already said we love them blanket-wise, but we're going to go through each chapter um, and talk about them individually. Next week, we'll go through chapters five through eight and just kind of tell you what we thought. Uh, spoilers ahead for these four chapters. It is a little unorthodox of a structure. They're kind of vignette chapters in a way. Um, so... The spoilers, the really big spoiler happens at the beginning of the first chapter. So if you haven't read it, pause this show right now, go to the site, check it out. They're pretty short, honestly, as far as chapters go. Um, and then come back and listen to us geek out about <clears throat> Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, Chapter One. <laughs> so in this first chapter, we meet Captain Hedda Cassett, who is the captain of the Legacy Run. This giant transport ship going through hyperspace, um, taking tens of thousands of people away to what they hope is a better life. We learn about things like the Malastare Sullis Joint Task Force the captain was a part of. We find out, quote, no one really understands hyperspace right now. We know there are more than 9,000 people on board just trying to get through the day, including kids playing ball who are just bored, who just can't wait to get to their new lives. And then something goes wrong. Uh, the captain notices that, quote, hyperspace looked sickly, and suddenly there are obstacles within the hyperspace lanes themselves. Uh, the captain then has to take control of the entire ship. She tries to fly it like a speed ship, like a pilot that she is. She almost gets gets it under control, but she doesn't. And at the end of the first chapter of Light of the Jedi, the great disaster we've been hearing about for over a year now happens. The ship disintegrates, falls out of hyperspace, sending thousands of missiles, essentially, all across the galaxy. And that's the beginning of the novel. Yeah. Like, hot damn, guys! I know. Yeah. It's really good. It's really, really good. <laughs> like, I, I really like this, uh, the tension in this, yeah. too. Every every chapter begins with, like, chapter one, title of the chapter, x hours to impact and it's like so is this is this the pro would you consider this a prologue or no i would i mean technically maybe it's, not it, i would consider this it a chapter prolo- one yeah i mean it is chapter one technically i would consider it a prologue to the story itself yeah. you know um yeah. it certainly feels like a prologue like this whole yeah so and so hours to impact or minutes to impact mm-hmm. is awesome and this this first story was great man like yeah. it's like it's like there's so the first four chapters are like three or like four little mini stories about yeah. different people experiencing the very beginnings of this quote-unquote great disaster like from the beginning which we don't really know what it is yet right yeah we essentially we're, we're getting the idea that there was something in hyperspace which is uh-huh. wrong like and, and we also get the idea that um this is 200 years before star wars right I, I love how much lore he's put into these. The, even this this first chapter, like hyperspace wasn't as clean as it as it was when we see it. Like, it's still a bit mysterious. There's still some things we don't understand, and there's an 
some kind of obstacle pu either put into hyperspace or something like that happened, and this ship tearing apart is the disaster because when sh stuff flies out of hyperspace lanes, it's going at such an intense velocity that it, it, it destroys almost everything on impact, which we're going to see in the next few chapters. Is that the disaster? As far as I understand... I wasn't really clear about that. Like, so you're saying, like, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying the ship that sort of breaks up in this first chapter is what everybody's seeing, and then the rest of the chapters. Yeah, because I didn't get that impression. I got the oh, impression that's 100% that what I'm getting. I, I got the impression that something is in the hyperspace lane, and like all the little dots and stuff on everybody's sensors are more of that, whatever that Ooh. thing was in the hyperspace lane. Wes, so. <laughs> I didn't put that together, but when we when you were talking about it, Eric, piecing it together like that makes sense. It does. So the ship not being able to hold itself together as she dodged, barely dodged whatever that was in the hyperspace lane and broke apart, all those uh -huh. were the pieces that are going that makes that makes sense. But it, it wasn't it wasn't laid out much like I like it to be. Like I yeah. need some child <laughs> right. to be there and be like, So that's what happens whenever it breaks apart in hyperspace. <laughs> I need yes. that. So thank you, Eric, I, for being that person for me. Hey, you know what? I, I, I do it. I can't. And I, and I also want to point out, Soul did, we, we will never see this Captain character again, right? So the amount of, of talent it takes to begin the first chapter of the first book of your initiative with, a, with, with, with who we think is the main character to all of a sudden kill them at the end of the first chapter and never see them again. Like, I know. This captain had more character development than mm -hmm. some full novels. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> Game know? of Thrones. Very Game yeah, of Thrones. And it, it yeah, and it was very... <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I, I, I got to hand it to Charles Soule, too. He's a very, like... Like, I don't, I don't know how to... He uses a lot of imagery in, in his mm -hmm. writing. Like, it, it's a very visual medium. Like, I, I can definitely see, like, the comic book experience in here. Because yeah, like, he really yeah. does paint a really good epic picture. And, like... This uh, one of these last lines in here, where it's like it says, "Captain Lieutenant Bowman said it's been in the bridge ripped open." It's like shit, like it just hits hard. Like yeah. it's just very action packed and, and stuff. I really like his writing style, man. Well, and th and that's what I noticed. If you look, in, I believe every chapter. Uh, we'll hit the next three, and I'll see if this remains true. I believe all of them end on a line of dialogue that's cut off. At least the first three. Interesting. Um, because that, but because that's the reality of what would happen. Like you don't get to finish your sentence in your thought, and then something happens to you. Like if you're in the middle of a crash, like you don't know the timing. It's not pretty. It's not clean. It's it's a disaster. Like it's ripping apart. You're in the middle of a conversation, and then you're atomized. Like I and that last line of she died not knowing if she had saved anyone at all. Oh jeez, that's yeah harrowing. And possibly yep. had locked away like children from their families if they yeah. weren't in in their pods i guess they were in the <laughs> common area just scratching at the walls like let me in and it just, just gets sucked into oblivion space oh Man, my god chaos so scary. I, like i was telling y'all earlier like it was like a oh, time of peace i was like i don't know if i really want to read this <laughs> but it starts with chaos and i love it I yeah. love it. And I mean, <laughs> and even the way he writes her dialogue, when she's like, you can do it, old gal. We're a couple of cranky old ladies, that's for sure. But we've both got a lot of life to live. I've taken mm. damn good care of you, and you know it. I won't let you down if you won't let me down. Like, damn, I love her. Like, and, and, I know. And, and she's gone. Like, what yeah. the hell? I know. She's like a really cool character, a like military background. Like, mm -hmm. really cool. Really and cool. And Eric, does also, that remind you of Will Lark talking yes, to his shit? Yes, it does. 
You know what? <laughs> oh, a pirate that talks to her ship and is like, come on, old girl. And, and I love that it's like she did not fail her ship. The ship failed her. Like, he is writing these people even post-mortem with such honor and reverence. Yeah, right. Like, and this is a character who's – this isn't a no one. That's it, right. Like, this is the care that Soul takes with his characters. And damn. All right, chapter one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the ship was really cool too. It, yes, very, I love that. I was that. definitely I was picturing like the the cargo ship from uh, Force Awakens that Han Solo and Chewie had. Ooh, it's, yeah, that's really what was in my head. Yeah, the design of it again, putting this much design into something um, that is only going to last for a couple pages, I think, also shows the dedication of his writing style. You know, like you could just, you know, oh, it's it's the prologue. We'll get through it. We know we gotta get to the main characters. No, everyone is fully fleshed out. The ship is fully fleshed out. The the captain, the interactions, so that when the disaster hits, you're already feeling it. Um, yeah, and I really, really love that. Oh, one it's more a- thing to point out: the yes, chancellor, the new chancellor, or the chancellor of this mm. era is Chancellor So. Mm-hmm. So we know we have a name of, a, of yep. the chancellor on Coruscant right now. So we have that. Also, the the whole intro to the book in general has got a lot of really pretty hard-hitting information about yes. like, the state of the galaxy and that we should probably talk about a little bit, which is pretty cool. Like, um, It talks about the let's see, your time of the High Republic, a peaceful union of like-minded worlds where all voices are heard. Like, It's very idealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, visionary Chancellor Lena So, Lena yep. So, I guess. Um, she's on Coruscant. Just the language here is like the elegant city, city world of Coruscant. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I would use the word elegant to describe the Coruscant that we know. Like, no, it's way too busy. This is it, it's beautiful mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like yeah, and and, and it's talking. It, it is full of full of hope and light mm-hmm. already, and it gets even more so as we go further on in the book. But he does a really good job. You're right at interspersing lore of this time period, which we've never seen, like. Uh, th- those preview boxes that went out a couple of weeks ago, you know, with all the previews of the books, someone mm-hmm. asked, is there an order we should read them in? And Soul was like, not really, but Light of the Jedi is kind of intended to set up the universe. And, and right. from this chapter, I'm like, oh, I can totally see why. Like, even things from, like, she started out flying an Incom Z-24, a fighter everyone called a Buzzbug. I'm like, great, now I know what that is. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's casual thing, like the way, <laughs> like, the Malastare Solus Joint Task Force... Like mm-hmm. all these, all these things, he just drops in there. Yeah, and I would quite frankly, you know, I've said this before on the show. I think that I really enjoy reading about background characters mm-hmm. that are not, you know, I don't like, I don't particularly love reading about like our main hard hitting characters. I love the expansion of the expanded universe. I said that a thousand mm-hmm. times on this show before. So I would much rather read about random characters that are have their own original story that just exists in the Star Wars universe, which is such a mind-blowing concept yeah. you can have we have such a huge universe we can have this random character who has a small backstory and history and flies the <laughs> ship and it's like she just exists in this universe it's crazy it's just it's so fun um and uh yeah so this this it's like it sets it up really really well um this introduction sets up talks about the outer rim and the mm-hmm. inner rim and the middle rim it seems like they're like the republic is trying to really unite everybody for whatever reason um, they're trying to get the representation for the Outer Rim Worlds, which, mm-hmm. as we know, is a bit of a perhaps lost cause, given the size of the galaxy. And, you know, it, it seems like it's been tried a thousand times. It's never really yeah. worked. Um, so, but it seems like... And also, there's, like, maybe... What is this, like, space station or something? What's it called? Yeah, the, the Starlight uh, Beacon. 
the Starlight Beacon. What the heck is that? It's like a forward operating base about like getting getting representation into the outer rim and the Jedi are like facilitating this like diplomacy, which is very interesting. Yeah. So that and that's one of the interesting things. Um in the High Republic sampler um that's on NetGalley right now, where you can read the beginnings of Claudia Gray's novel Into the Dark and Justina Ireland's novel Test of Courage, they talk about some of the Jedi in that novel are going to the Starlight Beacon for like this grand ceremony yeah. opening it. And it is definitely uh Chancellor So's like big expression of connectiveness uh yeah and on actually on the, mm-hmm. i, w- I want to touch on uh chapter two real quick uh let's go to that that takes place in the outer rim in the hetzel system where we hang out for the next three chapters because in the first paragraph our our background character as you said Corey, scan tech third class mervin getter <laughs> i love that third class in parentheses <laughs> every single time it says his name such a great because then you know exactly what kind of guy he is um he's trying third to date class. this yeah, he's trying to date he's this Twi'lek as a Miriallen, but what difference did it make? Quote, we are all of the Republic, Chancellor So's big slogan, which is like, mm. cool, that sets the political tone for this era, is the Chancellor is trying to say every single person, no matter mid-rim, core worlds, outer rim, we are all the Republic, quote, attitudes were evolving, the possibilities were endless. Like, it's a really cool idealistic time. Yeah, it totally is. And I and, guess... Uh, Marilyn is uh, what exactly is Marilyn again? Is that the Luminara? That's oh the, yeah, Luminara. The yeah, diamonds, yeah, that's right? Okay, yeah. 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 And the green people. You know what I realized reading this? I didn't realize how not idealistic the <clears throat> like Republic time is. Like the Galactic Republic, like oh, yeah. and and the Empire. I'm like, oh wow, there yeah. actually is not that much hope. How far has everyone fallen? Like, I also yeah. really appreciate the independence of the jedi it talks about that a little yep. bit in 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 um i think the maybe even the introduction i guess is when it was talking about that like the jedi seem to not be at the beck and call of the senate which is certainly the case in the prequels right? yeah like, you see the jedi seem to be doing their own thing like mm-hmm. there's no mention of politics whatsoever outside of the chancellor having this sort of idealistic kind of mindset but, yeah like, the jedi are out there doing their own thing and even says that all the little concaves of Jedi that are trying to unite the outer rim don't answer directly to the Jedi temple, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they all just had, they have a, they're more unified and they're sticking to their code and they have like a way that they do things that they all can do independently of each other without this bickering amongst the council that Anakin hates so much. Like this, not this, mm. this, it's very anti big government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I want to hit on uh, something spice. Den just said in the chat, which I feel the exact same way. Uh, he says, chapter two was so good. You guys mentioned how much you connect with the captain in Chapter 1. I think Soul did an even better job of making you care about the character in Chapter 2. And I am going to say I, I completely agree. With Mervyn Getter, I loved this dude. This guy was working a day job. He was just kind of going through the motions, seeing people go places that he wanted to go. And his whole day, his entire day, was focused around asking out the bartender he sees after work. And I was so invested in him. And he was, like, going to get so excited to get through his shift and finally ask her on a date. Oh, can I go to the moon? And can I, can I get off early? Can I go talk to her? And then the great disaster happens. And I'm like, this, this is what it is. It is this giant event that is ruining, tragically, a bunch of actual people's lives. And I think Soul did such a great job making me honestly love this dude and root for him, who just like the captain, I'm never going to see again. Because it ends with another cutoff sentence of him getting obliterated. Like, literally, he writes, A gout of flame, 
and the anomaly vanished, along with the monitoring station, its two scan techs, and all their goals, fears, skills, hopes, and dreams. The kinetic energy of the object atomizing everything it touched in less than an instant. Holy hmm. shit. I know. That's yeah. chaos. Amazing. <laughs> and like I care about I care more about this dude getting a date than like some of the main plot lines in Star Wars. <laughs> Cuz he wrote him and so well. He they and he threw in some some details about um the I guess the the newness of Bacta of using that oh, mm-hmm. particular um, point, yeah. medical um genius cuz they just started growing Bacta in place of Juven. Juven was like the the medical um I guess yeah, I know, salve or or uh liquid that they put on just like Bacta would be, but they they're transitioning to Bacta. You would think that Bacta was used all the time, like from way back when. But I guess apparently it's starting, or it's yeah to make its re- way out to the outer yeah. rim or something like that. Because yeah, it does sound like they were using legs. local agricultural products. Because that's he makes such a point about like the Hetzel system had nothing worth attacking. Right, this yeah. chapter and mm-hmm. the next chapter really focus on like we're just farm people. Like they're they're so confused when the disaster starts to happen. Because it feels like an attack, but then we we watch our guy go through Mervin go through the motions of like, we're too small, we right. wouldn't be attacked. We only have plants. We have agriculture. What in the world? Right. Space like, just how foreign the idea of conflict is, is something I've never read in Star Wars before. That's true. And That's I really true. I really love that that he's like, I need to get to my date. What in the world is going on? Like he's like I, I, I loved Hetzel's biggest claim to fame. Which was a homeworld of a famous gill singer named Aloria Days, who could vibrate her vocal apparatus in such a way to sing melodies in six-part harmony, and now she lived on Alderaan, quote, with the fancy people. Like, it's, it's, it's such a fun look into someone's head who, again, doesn't matter yeah. to the galaxy, but he matters to this book, and he matters to us readers. Yeah, and he, and he has a job that directly ties into, like, how... Um how it's all going to fit together. Like, yeah. like I really enjoy that. The first chapter is about, uh, about this captain and her ship is. So I, I looked it up on, on Wikipedia. I forgot that they told us this now before what the great disaster was. It was a whole bunch of ships got pulled out of hyperspace for an mm-hmm. unknown reason. And like, I guess they smashed into stuff and it caused a lot of debris that went into collision courses and stuff. So there's not just this one ship that we saw. It's, it's a, ass load of ships <laughs> it's a lot of ships right so that makes yeah. more sense it's like why would one ship be able to destroy these planets it didn't really make a lot of sense so um i, I also love spice did saying hetzel is a midwestern flyover state confirmed <laughs> like, <laughs> nice nice yeah. yeah so the first chapter is like the captain and how her role is in the second chapter are these scan techs and they're like watching this unfold it's very much like disaster movie-esque yeah right? like you yeah. see it you see it kind of happen all at once and the third the third chapter is all the drama that's happening the jedi coming in and uh trying to help and it's good yeah let, hey, let, let's let's go right to that third chapter because this this again like the first two we get a whole different protagonist because the first two got atomized to death the third one is Minister Eka or Ika, Eka, mm-hmm. um, who is a ruler of a peaceful planet, and we get to see just how his day is going. That's like, okay, something weird's going on. Just I, I don't know. I, we're trying to get in contact with people. 
it's still kind of calm, but starting to get a little freaked out. And I found it interesting because this chapter really showed the pitfalls of peacetime. Like, they didn't have any weapons to shoot down debris because they just harvest. Like, why would we need something like that? Why would we need space weapons? Um, and I think it was also really important because, you know, it, it had uh, people that finally saw what was happening. We saw the things on the scanners. And this quote uh, really chilled me. I don't know if you guys um, remember it like I did. I said, it was like a massive gun had been fired at the Hetzel system. Like, just that helplessness of watching your your whole system get attacked, knowing you're in charge of it, and knowing you can't stop it. Yeah. Like, how... Helplessness isn't something we usually get in Star Wars. We also we get people that are heroes. We get people with plans of action. And this guy is like, get everyone on the transports. I'm going to stay behind, and they're probably all going to die, but I'm going to tell them that they won't. Because they yeah, need pretty something, and it was—it's almost like um, it's almost like the Titanic, right? There's yeah. not enough ships for planetary evacuation. Yeah, right. Wow. <clears throat> and knowing that he had cut security funds in making the making the best decision possible at the exact time that he had mm-hmm. to make that decision was maybe could have been the right decision, but now you're seeing that one percent chance where it all went wrong. It went wrong. And yeah, it's where what they <laughs> chaos breaking down at the spaceport. People mm-hmm. just I- inflating ticket prices. Say so you can't get out of here because we just you know increased ticket prices to yeah three hundred four hundred percent to get out, and only the the wealthy can can take off from the spaceport. Crazy. But and, and then again at the same time, I love how it showed the general reaction to catastrophe. I thought it was very honest. Because you had some people that just ignored it. They were like, eh, it's fake. I'm going to keep going on with my day. You had some people racing to spaceports. Mm-hmm. You had some people going to bunkers. Like, I thought it was a really good look at how people actually react to disaster events. Like, some people don't care at all. Some people take it very seriously. And I love that no matter what, this minister gave that address and said, quote, we are all Hetzel. We are all the Republic. And I'm like, oh, that's the vibe of this. That's, that's this era right here. That's that is it, it is all about unity. It is about group strength and about like we don't know what's gonna happen, but we're in it together. And I'm not gonna lie, y'all, after twenty twenty, this chapter kinda hit a little different. Oh yeah. It's very reminiscent of hurricanes in the Gulf right now. Yes. People staying yeah. behind oh or God. people leaving. And um it's almost like trying and not so many words, just trying to provide a lesson. Like, you know, sometimes you need to leave and sometimes, you know, leaving is the is the, the best thing. But if you don't have the you don't have the um, infrastructure behind it to actually ha- be able to leave, then you have this kind of chaos going on. Right. And, I mean, to have that one vessel that holds, quote, you know, 582 people, it's an exact number, which is always a great way to make us feel something. They get <laughs> off the ground, and they achieve most of a kilometer before the engines exploded, and then the fireballs rain down by- on other people. It's like, scary, dude. It's scary. So like seriously, scary. It's like this is like the Challenger. You're watching the Challenger explosion right now. Like, yes. Oh my god. Yes. Um. Yeah. But then it ends with like one of uh, one of my favorite moments of Star Wars this year. It's not a Utini nomination this year. I'm going to say that because it doesn't come out till January. But the quote of I I I I'm getting a signal. You know what signal? I'll I'll put it through. 
and words crackled into the air. One of the technician's comm droids broadcasting the message out into the office. A woman's voice. Just a few words. But they brought with them, yes, the one thing they needed at that moment. This is Jedi Master Avar Chris. Help is on the way. That one thing, hope. <laughs> that's Star Wars. That's, that's Star this Wars. Is, this is the Jedi of this era, too. I love this chapter. It sets it up beautifully. Man, Ooh, the, the Jedi are... <laughs> they're, they're, they're interesting. High and mighty, glorious, like legendary. Like yep, We're like, on our way. We got you. Th- Every little detail about the Jedi, like in this chapter, like just support this knight in shining armor, knights mm-hmm. of the round table, like peak Jedi. They're all freaking arrogant as hell, full of themselves. Like, like I, I love it. I love yeah. it. It's, it's very interesting. Like uh, the Jedi that's on the bridge, I guess it's her, Avar, Avar, Chris. Yep. She's on the bridge or whatever. Yep. She says she's. She's she's coming from the the celebration or the meeting or the opening of the uh, space station. What's it called again? Starlight Something. Beacon. The Starlight Beacon, right? So she's coming from that. So she's wearing like this formal gown. She has this like cloak thing on with like, like it's clipped onto her clothes with this giant Jedi yeah, Order it's a logo thing on her. Wind. Yeah, she says it's like it's like the sun in the Jedi logo or whatever. And she says it's too flashy for this mission. She just like kicks it off on the bridge. It falls into a puddle on the bridge, <laughs> it's so right? Cool. Like, how melodramatic! And then she she sits and meditates on the bridge and floats into the air. And what does it say? It says the. Uh, there's a funny line in here. What yeah, does this is in, here. I'll see. It's at the end, near the end of chapter four. Here it says, uh, "What does it say?" The the, the yeah, crew it, it took says, notice. around around the bridge. The the crew of the Third Horizon took notice. They nodded or smiled faintly or simply felt hope bloom before returning to their urgent task. Like what the hell, man? Well, <laughs> and here's my question. Um, I want to uh, what actually real quick before I ask my question. Uh, Spice Den also makes a good point. Blowing up the chat as always. We love you, dude. Because it's cool that the leaders saw the Republic as being as important as his own system. Try imagining the senators in the prequel era talking like that. Yeah, we just didn't really see it, man. Yep, love like, that. Um, I love that. I love that. I really love the change in pace. Like it seems like yes. the state of the galaxy has been the same forever. Like yep. it always has. An old Republic was the same. Like it's even like Sith versus Jedi. It's always been this bickering senator thing. So I really enjoy seeing a new like geopolitical climate in the yeah. galaxy. And now, like the Jedi are a little different. The politics are a little different. I'm really excited to see this. I want to ask the two of you this question. That, that thing that happens at the end of Chapter 4, where she just sits down and she floats and she floats in her meditation and people feel hopeful. Do you mm-hmm. think that's battle meditation? Like, Perhaps. is she affecting the fleet, the ship? Maybe. Could I be. I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. I think maybe yeah. she's trying to reach that, out. That's, to a, see... that's from the Legends universe. If you listen, <laughs> if you read the old books, which we love, go by them at dot com. <laughs> maybe she's trying to to reach out to see if there's anything you know close by. What the hell mm-hmm. those things are? Maybe get some better yeah. intel than whatever that uh, tech nerd was doing on the other ship that you know yeah. was about to explode yeah. too. Well, it, it, it just it just cracks me up that she does it so out in the open, so yeah. obviously, <laughs> like it really seems like a thing for show. Like give her a lot of like a yeah. lot of ways. Well, and also it shows how well the Republic works with the Jedi because this she's like the Jedi came on board and she's like now this is my ship, like I'm gonna take over, I'm gonna lead this mission, and also there's a lot of great lore in this chapter as well. We learn about new ships, the long beams. We learn about vectors, which are single uh, passenger starfighters. Long beams are like. Um, can be flown by three people or 24 people. So we got new ships, things we've never heard of before. And I really love, like you were saying, Corey, the description of Avar Chris with reverence. It's like, 
For most of her three decades, she's been a member of the Jedi Order. She was a youngling, a Padawan, a Jedi Knight, and finally, dot, 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 a master. Like, there's yeah. <laughs> weight to that, even just the way that I it's, know. it's on the page. <laughs> I, I, I really think that, like... We're gonna see the beginning of the end, though, in this in this series. I, I think like, we might, of, in regards to the Jedi. I think we're gonna see this transition from mm-hmm. this like revered, hopeful, idealistic Jedi community into this self righteousness. I think we're gonna see yeah. that transition because it seems like we're already on the cusp of that. Like in this, with everybody, all their fancy robes, and even the mm-hmm. way the ship is described as being like shiny and glorious, it's beautiful. And, yeah, and I yeah. want to like there's, there's one paragraph I want to read is my is one of my favorite things that just it describes the entire era of the High Republic I think in a nutshell. It says the operation was hers. An admiral named Cronara was in command of the Third Horizon, which is the ship itself, part of the small peacekeeping fleet maintained by the Republic Defense Coalition. But he had ceded control of the effort to save Hetzel to the Jedi. There was no conflict or discussion about the decision. The Republic had its strengths. And the Jedi had theirs, and each used them to support and benefit the other. That's perfect. That is a perfect society. Like, that is, is the description of exactly what we're missing in the current era of Star Wars. And, oh my god, they used to have it. Which makes it even more tragic looking yes. at the era now. Like, oh my yeah, god, you absolutely. used to have this? And it's all going to be completely destroyed. I love That's it. That's right. <laughs> I, guys... This is I didn't so want to put damn it down. good. I made myself put it down. Like I was like, Eric, can we please talk about all eight chapters that I just said Because I really just want to keep blowing through the rest of this. Well, and that's what I'm saying because we've already hit uh, just about our hour of our show, which is why I knew we were going to. I'm like, okay, we got to split this up into two because we are absolutely going to – we can do a whole other show. And we will next week go into the next few chapters. Uh, as a teaser, though, chapter five starts with Bell Zetafar, which was um, another one of the – character portraits that we loved so much and i really love too that we got so much art before all this because i can see all these people in my head and i can't wait so um so hey guys uh as we wind down our land of the jedi talk first four chapters of the first book of the high republic score out of 10 how or how's your hype level out of 10 let's do it that way yeah hype level I think this is going to be really really good like i'm very optimistic about this like i i felt about these first introductory chapters, the way I felt about the Thrawn book, which I gave a perfect 10 out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think going into this is going to be really, really exciting. So I'll give it a solid 9. Solid 9. All right. All right. Wes, how you feeling? Hype level before reading the chapters, not very high. Not so high. But now, after those four chapters and about getting ready to read the next four, I would, I mean, 9.5. 5. <laughs> 5 ahead of Corey's. It's got to be it's super high. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, in keeping with tradition, I'm going to blow it up to a 10. Like I, oh. I was, I was hyped about this before, but in our way of like, I really like new star Wars content. I'm always excited, but like this quality is so good. It makes me yeah. so excited. And it is, I know we said we wanted something new. I don't think I understood what that meant until we got it. I don't think yeah. I realized really how different this era is until we read it, until we break it down to realize these are different times. The Jedi are different. The Republic is different. That's why the High Republic was such a big deal when it was announced. That's why it's such a yeah. big deal going forward. This is uh, yes. even like previous Star Wars stories and legends were awesome, 
They're yeah. still drawing on the current. This is 100% new, and I think, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be enormously successful, too. I think yep. everyone's going to absolutely love it. I think the community's going to love it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this really opens an entire new chapter of, like, Star Wars storytelling, like, for a while. Like, <sighs> I mean, it, yeah. it really could. I mean, if, if this is if this is successful, as people if people hype about it the way they did The Mandalorian, I mean, look how, mm-hmm. look how we saw Season 2 change because of right. the hype of Season 1 of Mandalorian, right? So, I mean, Disney listens to folks, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a TV show or a movie or a game or, you know, beyond books and, and written media. Yeah. Like, if this is as successful as it is. It's certainly starting off really, really strong. And um, I want to I want to end this segment, and then I want to throw it to you, Corey, to talk about uh, now a new Utini project we teased earlier. Um, by just saying straight up congratulations to to Del Rey, to Charles Soule, to all to all the folks that honestly took a giant freaking risk on this era. That we're like, yeah, we're going to put all of our resources and our next six giant novels into a brand new part of Star Wars that no one's seen before. Um, it's paying off in spades. It's incredible. I can't wait for it. I'm so glad we decided to randomly start a Star Wars book podcast. Um, it's <laughs> literally the best time in history to do it. I can't wait. Corey, we've talked about the new. We've talked about the upcoming. Tell us about a project we have now created at Utini that talks about everything and i do mean everything that's come before yes so officially launching a new podcast as part of the utini podcast network dare i say i think at eight uh, podcasts i think you do at this point <laughs> eight podcasts man crazy stuff um sir i'm trying to trying to get this pulled up here on uh, screen share so you guys can see the the cover artwork because it is oh, it's beautiful glorious. um all right let me flip this back over here Yes, this is uh, the Star Wars Archives. So this is a new podcast um, by our good friends, and I have to say Legends Genius, Trevor. Uh, he's uh, one of our employees, our teammates in the UK. Him and Jose have put together this really cool new podcast called the Star Wars Archives. Um, it's uh, kind of all about really deep dives into Star Wars lore. Now, Trevor is full of so much incredible information. Him and Jose have got a really neat show. Like, basically, Jose kind of he kind of plays the role of a uh, sort of new person to – well, not a new person, a big Star Wars fan, but talking to, like, somebody with all this wisdom. And um, it's so much fun. Like, I, yeah. they've, they've got two episodes now. Um, we love the first episode so much. I sent Jose a bunch of equipment. Like, like I was like, this is, this has to, has to come about. And I told you guys I was going to, I was going to tell the story of how this came about Yes, um, please do. on the show. Yeah. So, uh, briefly, Caitlin and I were, were going to visit, uh, we were going to a, a local winery with some friends, um, a couple months ago and, uh, we were listening to some kind of podcast that was like, this guy was just like a super expert in something. I can't, I think it might've been something medical. I can't even remember the exact detail of what I was listening to, but I just had this light bulb moment. I was like, you know, Trevor knows everything. Why doesn't he have an outlet for this? So like I didn't have cell service at the winery because it's kind of out in the boonies, but I like jotted down a bunch of notes, like basically on a napkin and uh, <laughs> like, like really classic, um, jotted down some things and just some ideas I had like a, this like fake radio show kind of thing. Um, and I basically pitched it to Trevor a couple months ago and like, they just took off with it. And uh, like seeing this thing go from like, I randomly had an idea. I'm taking the credit for it. I randomly had a, uh, a tiny idea of like, Hey, Trevor needs an outlet. 
Um, I would love to see him do these deep dive floor things and just handing that to him and just seeing what they were able to do with it. I didn't touch it after I pitched it to him. Like I, they, they basically pitched the idea. They came up with the artwork. They came up with the name. Um, Trevor got Jose involved without me even knowing about it. And like, they was like, Hey, Jose's going to be my partner in this. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like, um, everything Jose touches on this team turns to gold, as we know. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm very, very excited about this podcast, guys. It's it's very, very good. Um, like they're really doing a lot of research before the episodes, and it has a very free flowing style. Like it's not very technical. It's just very fun to listen to. I'm yeah. incredibly excited, and congratulations to these guys for launching this thing. I don't think this is going to stay in Patreon very long. I think. Yeah. I think if you want to get in on this early. Um, join our Patreon, the $5 tier, I believe, will we'll get you into getting access to this thing. Yeah. And I imagine this will probably push into a live show at some point because it's just that good. And because Corey really hates paywalls making us money on things. Um, but I, <laughs> I also want to say one cool thing about this show, if if you want to hear someone, uh, they, they, they talk about how many, how many Star Wars books Trevor owns on the first episode. I won't spoil it for you, but it's more than you're thinking. It's Jose because they they go through like like how many books they've read and Jose's like yeah I've read like you know twenty or thirty and then then Trevor's just like yeah it's just, just like okay yeah credible it's, I would say yeah. he's credible <laughs> but the cool thing is I want to say about this show is that it is something that unfortunately we don't see as often in the Star Wars community it's someone that probably has literally more knowledge than anyone I've ever met and they are the Trevor is the most unpretentious person. He is not at all putting anyone down for not knowing things. He's not at all trying to make someone feel inferior for never reading a thing. Trevor is bringing all the knowledge with the excitement and the openness that Utini prides itself on. Like a lot of the a lot of people that have read everything like like you to know they've read everything. Like you to know that like what you've read is not good enough and it's really it's it's not as welcoming. He's and the I least really gatekeeping person yeah. I've ever met. Yeah. So I applaud these guys uh, for this show. Uh, Star Wars Archives, check it out. Again, the eighth podcast, along with Cafes that Heather and Meg started the other week, which is still going strong. All the other shows in the Utini Patreon. Um, it's wild. It is wild to see. I'm just like, Timothy uh, posted this thing on Instagram with, with all the pictures of, of all the shows that we produce. And it's really just cool that you all listen to us talk about Star Wars and, and make this community vibrant. And all the hosts, you like, Bring what you know and bring what you love to all these shows, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. And it's just freaking cool. I love it. it. And it's fun. if you want to hear all of it, utini.com/slash/patreon until Corey decides. Nah, put it all for free. Um, <laughs> so, and on that though, um, we do still have Bounty Hunt about the Mandalorian is coming out every single week. Um, we get really hyped, uh, and that's usually me, Corey, Charles, and Wes. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff going on. Charlie and I have taken a little bit of a hiatus from Ghost Crew just because of real life stuff, to be quite honest. Um, but we're coming back, going through Rebels. Cafes is still going. Legends Look Back is streaming. And there's so much more content to come. Wes. Hey, buddy. Yes. Can you talk to us a little <laughs> bit about uh, Utini Game Night, please? Utini Game Nights. It's, uh, it's members of the group, members of Utini, that go in and play Star Wars um, Star Wars video games on Twitch, whether it be Wednesdays or Fridays, um, it's generally uh, up to the to the user themselves. But 
Um, so what mainly we'll pick a Star Wars title. Uh, Squadrons has been real big in the in the past weeks. We saw Eric and Andrew play Squadrons, and they had a bit of a trivia night. Um, Eric guessed my trivia question right off the bat, apparently, and I wasn't able to stay, but I heard it was hilarious. Pink shorts, asked, baby. Who is the pink shorts guy? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Ken Nightingale. But um, so coming up, we'll uh, we usually do squadrons or battlefront jedi fallen order any kind of type of star wars game so um we'll stream for roughly i don't know two to three hours um but it's live on twitch uh, every wednesdays or fridays and we'll let you know ahead of time through the utini social media excellent and again the easiest way to do that is just to subscribe or follow on twitch then you'll find out when utini game night's happening you'll find out legends look back every thursday a shout out to our very own cheryl bell who joined the boys over on legends look back uh the boys and meg to be clear uh, who joined Legends Look Back last week for some Thrawn talk, and I believe is coming back this week as well. Last week's show was freaking awesome. Cheryl is a goddamn natural, naturally. <laughs> um, absolutely loved it. Uh, they're still talking about all things Thrawn for a little while. And the Conjure Book Club boys are still going through Kenobi every Saturday, having really nice, thoughtful discussions. And, of course, those chats show up in the Patreon feed so you can book club it. In December, they're talking about their Age of Republic comics. In January... They'll be talking about Light of the Jedi. So if you listen to this podcast, you're already a little ahead of them because you got the first four chapters under your belt. The Utini Fantasy Football League is still going. Playoffs are coming. Uh, James has a pretty solid spot at the top of the list, but the middle playoff spots are still all up for grabs. So, oh my gosh, if you want some fun, head into the Discord sports channel and hear us all talk on Sundays because it gets a little heated. All right, everybody. Um... This has been such a great hyped-up show. I'm so excited that we get to have this show at a time when this new publishing initiative is coming. As a final reminder, make sure you're picking up The Art of the Mandalorian book we talked about earlier in the show. Make sure you're going to read Light of the Jedi coming this January. And in the meantime, yo, take a breath. Uh, a lot of us aren't able to see our families this Thanksgiving or this Christmas. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard end to a hard year, but we're so happy to spend it with you all. And if these shows are giving you any kind of help with that, we're glad about it. Um, and if you are you are happy about it, you know what? We haven't said it in a while. Head over to iTunes or something. Throw a five-star review on there. Uh, help other people find this show because maybe we can spend a little light, a little joy in their lives as well. And on that, everyone, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you are supporting us on Patreon, Go and head over to Discord and join the Aftermath After Show right now to hang out with us for our after party. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell and Patrick Ortiz and our Jedi High Council and Kyle Hickman, Freddie C., Sally and Chris Allison, and Elizabeth Cloutier on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support of this show and all things Utini, including all eight podcasts. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Wes is at BossWes. And Charles, who is in the chat... Is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, Wes, our producer, Beauty Manager. Thanks to Corey and Wes for podcasting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you in the chat for hanging out, all of you for listening later in the week. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred, there is joy, there is no division, there is union, there is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, 
trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.